of you joining us online, we just want to say thank you for being with us today. Really appreciate just the partnership, not only in the building, but in your homes. And we're declaring God will awaken something in all of our hearts and all of our homes. God bless you. Thanks for being with us this morning. something in worship today just so um so rich i'm gonna explain this a bit more but i just in this moment i want to just share it i I feel like the lord's been stirring and speaking um to me very specifically and i would invite you to begin to pray into this but i believe the month of december is to be a month of encounter and I've just been thinking, you know, with Christmas coming, and um, I'm just not interested in trying to, you know, host the little drummer boy sermons and that sort of thing. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I just thought, you know, unto us a child is born. And I believe in the month of December, the Lord is saying he wants to bring an awareness of the nearness of God. And so I I really anticipate our worship like this, encountering God, getting into his word like we're doing right now, just listening to his voice. Uh, God is going to help us to really know the nearness of God in all of it. And so I want us today just to talk about something that's kind of a deep and elaborate concept. Uh, It's really ultimately an eternal perspective for us to begin to embrace. Uh, I'm calling it ancestry faith Uh, It's just about the legacy of our faith, the legacy of what God's desiring to do within us now, those that have gone before us and all that he's done in them, and all that's been entrusted to our care as a result of the faithfulness of people who served him before we arrived, and that which we are leaving for those that will come after us. There, There is a day that will come that everybody in this room will no longer exist on this planet. And we need to understand God's fully aware of that day and has thought of that day long before we were even born. And so we have a role to play in that progression. And here we are in this room. Here we are online together. Um, you know, our, our relational connections that exist right now exist on purpose. So I want you to think of it in these terms. And this is going to be a phrase as we step into 2023. We, this year, first time ever, we've announced the New Year's Revelation way early. Uh, We don't normally do this, but we just felt the Lord was saying we're going to go into this and experience it and explore it. Uh, And and man, I feel it emerging. But the 2023 revelation, New Year's revelation for us is deeper. It's pretty simple, but the Lord's going to take us deeper. And so you're going to hear this phrase a lot in the course of next year as we're gathering around what the Lord's desiring to reveal. Um, But it's the things nobody sees that produce results everybody wants. It is always the case. It's the things nobody sees. Now, you're going to notice that there are cards on your seats, and we don't always put these on all the seats. They're most of the time just back here by the communion stations. But the reason we wanted to put them on your seats is because today we're going to do something very specific at the conclusion of the service in a prayerful attitude on the back. But you'll you'll see some of the statements I'm making, and that was your first blank uh, if you want to write that in there. Um, I know many of you use live notes online and so on, and that's great. Um, but just that's on everybody's seat today. Those of you who are online, you can just get our live notes. 
Uh, it's the things nobody sees that produce results everybody wants. There are unseen forces at work in all of our lives right now. There is a realm that is beyond the natural realm. It is the supernatural realm, the spiritual realm. And uh, our battle is not with flesh and blood. The Bible makes it very, very clear. We live in this realm, but we battle beyond this realm in a realm that's beyond what we can see in the natural. We fix our eyes on that which is unseen. Uh, we have, you know, thinking hearts. We have the eyes of our heart. All this language in Scripture, um, deep calls to deep. The flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. I mean, we could just go on and on and on about the context of this particular narrative that God has chosen to aggressively reveal in Scripture. And I want you to understand there are unseen forces at work in all of our lives right now. And many of those unseen forces are coming as wind in our sails and momentum in our faith because some people have served God with their whole heart before we ever arrived. I'm so thankful for that. So I, I've, I've just been reflecting on it. This morning, um, I just I went and, you know, the building, our, our uh, student center building has been here since I arrived uh, 32 years ago. And when I started working with the school and, and ultimately we become the principal of the school, there were, I, I went and, and I did my prayer walk from 32 years ago this morning. And I just did it on purpose. I, when I first came working with the school, and I'm so thankful for Jim and Diana Howard, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. You've been here for well over 32 years giving your heart and soul to this house. Thank you so much. And when I stepped into that role under their care and leadership, I, I, I was just trying to, to, to figure out, all right, Lord, what is it you're desiring to do in this? And I used to just go through those hallways. I would come early in the morning before the teachers, anybody would arrive, and just walk through those, all, those hallways. I would access into the classrooms. I would put oil on the seats until they asked me to stop putting oil on the seats because it was getting on the children's clothing. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I was aggressive in praying. I would sometimes take my guitar, and I would go, you know, through the hallway by myself early in the morning, and I had this certain regiment, and I went and walked that this morning. And as I was walking, I just began to call forth the fruit of these 32-plus years out of the hearts of these children that have now become adults. And in Jesus' mighty name, the blessing of the Lord would rest upon them, not only on them, but on their children and on their children's children and on their children's children, children. There's something very important for us to understand of the call of God in our lives that is so much beyond our existence. We make it all about us. It is not all about us. We live in a Western world church mentality that tries to convince us that kingdom advancement is a matter of self-fulfillment. And that is ridiculous. That's a consumer mindset trying to manipulate people into getting involved so they can have a better life, as if their better life is at the center of the kingdom of God. The cross of a dead, crucified Savior is at the center of the kingdom of God. And this kingdom is about sacrifice. And as long as we try to tame it into a self-serving religion and make it some type of self-fulfilling element, then we're never going to get it right. We're stepping stones in the eternal plans of God. And I just, I, I'm 
vaguely mentioned this comment last week, but I've thought about it more. Like this place, uh, Tracy and I have spent the vast majority of our lives in this place. I became, a, a, you know, I came to an adult age five years before I came here. My, my, almost my entire adult life has been given to this place. Like my spiritual development is largely because of this place. Hers, our girls have grown up here. Now they're adults. Our spiritual development, that, that's, I owe a great debt of gratitude to people who went before me to have a place where I could explore and experience the presence of God with a family like this. I owe a great debt of gratitude to those people. And I have a tremendous responsibility to take all that has been entrusted to my care and give that to the next generation in a responsible manner that values and appreciates what has been given to me. It is so important that we understand this. We owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to those who've gone before us. So what we don't want to do is just kind of patty cake together and get our religious thing on and and just, I want you to have a great life. And come on, make it to church from time to time. And toss some money in the giving station. And let's all do the church thing, you know, and keep God happy while we go and explore the best possible life for ourselves. I mean, that's just so crazy that we've allowed ourselves to have that kind of mindset. Nobody paints the picture like I just did with those particular words. But it's the same paintbrush and the same canvas and the same paint. It's the picture being painted. You, you hear the Holy Spirit, don't you? Just peeling the layers back on that. And I want to just tell you, it is it's our great opportunity and responsibility to say, we must learn to sacrificially love, sacrificially serve, and sacrificially give. As our worship to the Lord. Generations of people worshiped the Lord prior to our arrival, providing an access and an atmosphere of God's kingdom that we stand in now with a greater sense of momentum and we need to pick that up and carry that on and release that to the next generation so I'm just saying if you are not involved but you kind of casually attend I would encourage you to text the word destiny to the number on the screen and let us follow up with you and help you understand what it means to be a member of a family and engaged in what God is desiring for you to do, loving, serving, sacrificially. And if you don't understand the aspect of giving and, and, and tithing, I'm not preaching on tithing today, but you understand a lot of people gave sacrificially before you sat in that chair that somebody bought. I mean, just, uh, I'm just talking practicals. And it was, they were giving out of a worship to the Lord that positioned us then to pick up that mantle and carry it on for the next generation. And so I would encourage you, if you've not walked this out, then text GIVE to that same number, and you can learn how we manage what our structure of um, tithes and offerings and, and how you give online. You can give in the giving stations. But let me just make sure we all understand something. Every once in a while, we just need to hear this, because there are people that will say, well, you know, tithing's just not biblical. Or they'll say, oh, tithing's just old covenant law. Let me just make sure we all understand something. Abram tithe to Melchizedek before the law ever came. So it was not a part of the law before it was introduced by God. The law then came and reiterated 
that tithing is a principle of the kingdom of God that we should participate in. Giving has always been a part of worship in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus showed up, and he didn't do away with the law. What does the Bible say? He fulfilled the law, and he specifically told the Pharisees, you shouldn't neglect the matter of the tithe. He would never say that if he, if he was doing away with it or only the law. And then Paul tells the Corinthians, I want you to give in keeping with the proportion of the sum of money that you make. What do you think that proportion is? The word tithe means 10%. And I know some people right now are saying, Pastor, are you saying every time I make money, I should give 10% of my income to the church to see God's kingdom expand and reach people and effectively release Jesus' work in the earth. Yes, that's what I am saying. That is exactly what I am saying. Well, We have a tremendous sense of uh, a tremendous responsibility to pass the baton well. Paul told Timothy, his spiritual son, to view his faith much like a relay race. And what he was telling him was the baton of the faith is to be carefully carried and handed off well to the next generation. So they might run with perseverance, finding strength and encouragement from the way we have chosen to run our race. I want to be faithful before the Lord for all kinds of reasons, but this is one that is vitally important. How many of you know the Bible is very clear about our influence on children? We are to impart something of our faith into the next generation, talk about the things of God, awaken the things of God. That is a great responsibility. That could be arguably uh, top three responsibilities that we read about in Scripture. I mean amazingly important that we understand that. I love the text. You might write it down. I don't have it for you, but you might just jot this reference down and take a look at it. Psalms 102.18. As I was praying into this this morning, I felt like the Lord was pointing it out to me once again. Psalms 102.18. It says that a generation that has yet to be born would be raised up to praise the Lord our God. And I, and I have to just ask the question, what about your life will cause an unborn generation to rise up and praise the Lord our God? What about your life is going to impact generationally beyond where you are? And these are the things that we're trying to introduce and, and understand, the turn the page, uh, you know, just getting into the Word, starting in the book of Genesis and every day, just writing the date at the top of the page, and just turn one page to the next day. I've started writing little prayers on the side. Lord, I just devote my heart fully to you today. Just little quick prayers like that, that one day my children's 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 children, who I will never meet physically, will perhaps hold that Bible in their hand to read the Scripture and see those things and just watch the faithfulness of their great-great-grandfather's Bible and see the journaling of the dates through that. I mean, do you understand what about our lives is going to make the next generation or the generation after them rise up and take note of the heart of God? You have the opportunity to do this, so we can't make excuses. We have to get engaged. Be involved in what the Lord is desiring for us to possess and to express into the next generation. This, this generational faith, this, this ancestry faith is such an important thing. And the Bible is so clear. I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
And it's an interesting text of Scripture. First, we'll see this in the ESV because uh, this translation uses the word ancestors specifically. 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. So Paul, right here in the context of this, is referencing those that have gone before me have served the Lord, and that faith is a sense of a part of my legacy. And that's, that's the context of what he's saying. And then he further identifies that as he talks to Timothy about this same idea. So I want to read the whole text, starting in that verse in the New King James Version. And you see this on your handout if you want to take a look at it there for the specific translation. 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 7. And Lord... I want to thank you for your word, for the transforming power of your word. And I know that part of what you're doing in this hour of the church is to help us be delivered from marginalizing verses of scripture as if they are basic ideas to point to a sermon we want to preach. We recognize the transforming power of your word and the importance of reading your word publicly and what that releases to the spiritual atmosphere of our community, of our hearts, of our lives, and our legacy. So we embrace, Lord, a deeper reality of what your word has the power to do in our lives, even in moments like this in Jesus mighty name amen 2nd Timothy 1 3 to 7 I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers or my ancestors did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy you hear the essence of the deep relationship that exists folks this is God's plan for your life to be in a deep deep sense of community and communion and connection with others so uh, obvious there's something here that's so significant verse 5 when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois here we're going into this legacy realization and your mother Eunice and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is a deep sense of relationship that exists between these two people, and they both possess a sense of ancestral faith, a legacy of faith that they are calling down. Paul then lays hands on Timothy. He activates and awakens something. Do you understand the exchange and the value of what's taking place in all of this? Like, it's pretty significant that we understand. You and I are supposed to carry fire in a very real way, spiritually speaking. You and I are supposed to carry gifts and strength and life and encouragement, weight in our words, something awakened within our lives that's born from the supernatural realm. And we're to carry that because somebody has imparted that for us to embrace. And, and, and maybe there's someone here that will say, you know what? Nobody in my family has ever been a believer. Nobody in my family has ever given me any legacy. I want to just say to you what an incredible privilege it is that God has chosen you to be the first generation believer to release this for generations to come beyond your wildest imagination. 
It's the guy who told me, nobody at my workplace is a Christian. Nobody is a Christian. I, if only I had other Christians there. And I was like, man, God trusts you a lot. Like, he put you there. So understand that. The Lord's trying to awaken this. And I, I love the, the, this, this is an expression of the, the legacy kind of vertically that comes from our forefathers. But also, did you catch the lateral move? There's stuff in you by the laying on of my hands. There's an impartation in you, Timothy, my spiritual son, from the laying on of my hands, fan into flame those gifts and anointings. And I just want, I, I want you to understand, <laughs> ponder with me the reality of what God is desiring to do in this in your life and in your world. You actually have a five-foot circle. There are people around you that need to be awakened to the presence and the power of God to either become first-generation believers or to call down the, the roots that they've maybe deviated away from and start to live a life that perpetuates and releases something for their children and their children's children and their children's children. Do you understand? I mean, please get this. Decisions that we make and do not make will echo for hundreds of years in thousands of lives. This is huge. Be free. And you're, you're fighting for more than you realize when we're saying fighting for freedom in our life. I want to be free. I want my heart to be free. I don't want to be entangled in anything that's going to hold me back. But that's not just so I can live a life well. It's so I can release something of a powerful legacy that actually will impact thousands of people in generations of time. This is the call of God in all of our lives. And one, do you understand? One conversation with somebody in your five-foot circle can actually change the legacy of thousands of people over hundreds of years. Like, this is hugely important. Minister to people around you by loving them well. Let me make sure you understand. Our job's not to change anybody. Our job is to, change, uh, to love everybody. Don't try to change them. Just try to love them. And when people are loved well, and you invite them into a deeper conversation about the things of God, then something powerful begins to transact in their life. So I want you to think about this because this is crazy. I'm going I'm to share something that, that I was just kind of mind blown when I started thinking about it kind of mathematically. So, so try and put your thinking cap on and, and track with me. But when you think about the ancestry of faith, then what you have to realize is before God formed you in the womb, he knew you, right? So like you were purposed before you existed. There are no accidents in the kingdom of God. Your mom and dad might not have planned for you, but God did. And so before God formed you in the womb, he knew you. What that means is he not only knew you, but he knew all the ancestors from which you would come. He knew your mama and your daddy. You're only here because you had a mama and a daddy who conceived and produced you. And he orchestrated the tapestry of their lives where one day they would have a conversation. And in that conversation, there would be interaction. And in that interaction, there would be a deep sense of maybe purpose that they might not have even understood. Maybe they would have called it, we just fell in love. But somehow God brought the tapestry of those two relationships into existence so that you would be here today. You not only needed two parents, you needed four grandparents to produce the two parents. You not only needed four grandparents, you needed eight great 
I'm sorry, yeah, eight great-grandparents. Now, the tapestry starts getting interesting when you think about this. You have eight great-grandparents. And the, the relationships that God was looking at and orchestrating, the conversations to happen and the time that these people would be born and where they would be born, those eight, I mean, that's pretty wild, isn't it? That like eight people in your upline came together to produce so that this moment you'd be here. But it gets even crazier. Because you have eight great-grandparents, you have 16 great-great-grandparents, or what I'm going to call second great-grandparents for the sake of the illustration. 32 third great-grandparents, 64 fourth great-grandparents, 128 fifth great-grandparents, 256 sixth great-grandparents, 512 seventh great-grandparents, 1,024 eighth great-grandparents, 2,048 ninth great-grandparents, and 4,096 tenth great-grandparents. This 400 years, because a generation, 40 years, 400 years, 10 generations, 400 years, and God was orchestrating the tapestry of relationships and conversations and interactions and people being born in the right place at the right time, having the right jobs, living in the right neighborhoods, forming all of that. Because before he formed you in the womb, he knew you. I mean, this is a magnificent God that we serve. It's phenomenal. 4,096 ancestors contributing to your existence in order for you to be born when you were born and to be here today. Think about all how many struggles in those 4,000 plus ancestors of the faith that are in your life. How many struggles, how many battles, how much happiness, how many love stories existed in the midst of that tapestry, how much sadness took place, how many challenging circumstances that your ancestors had to go through in order for you to exist. It's just mind-boggling. Somehow, God orchestrates this fascinating tapestry of hundreds of years of humanity to bring about the reality that he purposed your existence from the very beginning of time. Not only did he know you, but he designed you to have a meaningful existence that contributes to a meaningful existence in the lives of other people. Not only did God know you, he purposed that you would have a meaningful existence that contributes to the meaningful existence of others, that you might discover what true life, abundant life, is really all about. The truth is God wants your life to be awesome, but that truth comes with a trick, and the trick is God doesn't want you to pursue an awesome life for yourself. He wants you to provide an awesome life for others, and that's what will make your life awesome. It's a reality. Not only did God know you, but he designed you to have a meaningful existence that contributes to a more meaningful existence in the lives of others. Bearing that in mind, we're going to learn a lot what it means to watch for grace in relationships around us. Last week we talked a lot about this and, and watch for grace in a moment in devotions. You sense something that's just kind of fresh. Pause, lean into that, pay attention to it. The Lord actually does a work in our lives by revealing his nearness. 
He not only speaks to us with his voice, he speaks to us with his presence. And sometimes you sense his presence and you realize, oh, the Lord is gracing this moment. I want to press into that moment of his presence, whether that's reading in scripture and I pray into that, or it's a conversation with somebody around me. Your existence is actually purposed by God to create a more meaningful existence in the lives of those around you. So watch for grace, pay attention. And when those opportunities happen and you sense the grace of the Lord, lean into that conversation just for a moment. Lean into that conversation. Express genuine, authentic concern in a moment where the grace of the Lord is revealed because you are designed by God to contribute to a more meaningful existence in the lives of people around you. And when you lean into that moment, what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit's going to show up in powerful and wonderful ways. You and I are the sons and daughters of God that carry the kingdom of God in the earth, awakening other sons and daughters of God who do not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ, but because his presence will come where our presence goes, it will release something that will activate and awaken them, and we need to be ready. And I believe we are about to come into an incredible season of great encounter. We want to pay attention and watch for grace. I had somebody this last week tell me that they, they sensed the grace of the Lord in a conversation and they just opened up and invited the person to church. And in doing so, whether the person went to, came to church or not is irrelevant. What happened is it opened the doorway for a conversation to begin to happen about deeper spiritual things. Now there's a categorization. Uh, Lexi, our, our youngest daughter who's on press back there, um, she loves it when I call her name. Well, Lexi, just come on up here and just stand in front of everybody. She loves. She's not going to do that. <laughs> I'll be in trouble for even suggesting such a thing. But she told me on the drive-in this morning that, um, you know, the girlfriend's table at our house and so on, there's somebody that they're going to be inviting that she's met on the university campus. And the person, uh, I, I don't remember who told them, but somebody told this person that they go to class with, oh, did you know Lexi's dad's a pastor? She's like, oh, no, now I'm, you know, now I'm, now I'm ratted out. And so they start having this conversation. And so, I mean, there's just a sense of grace sometimes. Pay attention. So she's going to invite her to the Destiny Girlfriend's table at our house. Do you understand? The Lord wants to use you to enrich people's lives by simply being there and loving on them with no strings attached, but just because you care for them. It's a beautiful reality. And sometimes we need to just pay attention when the grace of the Lord, especially with what I'm saying, I feel the Lord is saying that in the month of December particularly, we're going to have encounter moments in this place. How many of you agree with me for that? I mean, why don't you begin to pray about that and sense what God is saying yourself, and let's pray into that atmosphere. But I believe in the month of December particularly, we're going to have these encounter moments. And I would encourage you, people that you sense the grace or favor of God with, consider inviting them to come and meet God's family and encounter God himself right here in this room or online with us. I mean, it opens the doorway then for some spiritual depth in the conversation that you begin to have. And as we then devote ourselves to that and we awaken that even in the lives of others, we start to leave this incredible inheritance that's enriching in uh, the lives of our children. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. <laughs> This is not merely speaking of money, and this is not merely speaking of a good name. This is speaking of the eternal treasures of God 
that we are to awaken in the next generation, carry well what God's entrusted to our care, and express that into the lives of those around us. The end. I'm done. I'm going to ask if the worship team will come. I said last week I was going to try to preach less so we could pray more. Uh, I did okay, a little better. (laughs) I want us to quiet ourselves before the Lord and listen. To effectively learn, and I want you to really hear this, to effectively learn the lifestyle of prayer to which you are called 24-7. To effectively learn. Like interaction and communion with God doesn't stop when you sleep because he never sleeps or slumbers and he's constantly interacting with you. You have that capacity and you have that ability. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. And learning to live from an eternal point of view is what God is desiring to awaken in this hour of the church. I'm convinced of it. But learning to quiet ourselves and listen to him is such an instrumental piece to learning what it means to walk in this attitude of prayer that we see Jesus modeling and demonstrating for us. What did he say? I don't uh, do anything unless I see my father doing it. In other words, you can come hurl insults at me. You can curse me. And I then have the capacity to bless you only if I've been willing to die to myself. How many of you know if you don't die to yourself, then somebody punches you in the face? And, and I'll, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've, I'm probably more inclined to react. And the Lord's trying to mature me to a deeper place of brokenness a greater place of dying to myself that I don't get all worked up just for being cut off in traffic like an infantile toddler child that I have been before on the roadway. Anybody else? I mean, we just got to be honest about this stuff. That in a moment of temptation, I don't just like a child run to that place of temptation like a little kid does to candy. God's trying to awaken the reality within us folks we've got to learn to die to ourselves you're not going to die to yourself if you don't learn to get in a place of prayer listening to the Lord on an ongoing basis as a lifestyle so this is really key quiet your thoughts and listen to him quiet your thoughts and listen to him and then you learn that as a lifestyle and somebody tries to draw you out or spin you up or especially in this political season that we're in. I mean, I'm amazed how many Christians lose their minds when you start having a political interaction. I know emotion starts to happen in that moment. Even I start talking about that. I mean, come on. The kingdom of God does not require your political person to be in the place that you think they have to be in order for the kingdom of God to come. 
I'm not saying politics are not important, and I do want Christians in office, and I am believing God for Christians to win in offices in these political uh, maneuvers. But I want you to know my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ and a unified body of Christ more than it will ever be in a political system in any nation of the world. Hard to get everybody on board with this right now. Legitimately, I'm sincerely... Quiet your thoughts and listen to God. Quiet your thoughts. Come on, would you just do that? Just quiet your thoughts. I just want to lead you in a little bit of prayer before I leave you to quietness and prayer. But as we just quiet our thoughts and you're here and you feel the Lord just drawing your heart to Him, if you've not accepted Christ before, and you need to understand, you can't do this because of a religious zeal that you adopt. An idea that you say, I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to try and be more of a Christian. Christianity is not about you trying to do better. Christianity is not about trying. Christianity is about dying. It's about coming to the cross of Christ and saying, you died so that I might have life. I died to myself and I accept Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice for my sins. I am a sinner and I need a Savior and this is Him. If you've not prayed that prayer before, then I want to ask just if everybody else just close your eyes, just quiet your thoughts. But if you've not prayed that prayer before, I want to ask you to slip up your hand. I want to pray with you before we move on. Thank you. Anybody else? Just quickly. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Anybody else? Come on, let's just join together. Would you just say this out loud, all of us? If you're praying this prayer for the first time online, then just put something in the comment field or send us a, an email so that we can have further conversation with you. But everybody, if you would, let's all say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, you came, you lived, you died, but you are alive. You're the Savior of the world, and I need you as my Savior to rescue me from my sin I accept today in Jesus name you'll be my Lord and you'll be my Savior I'll learn to walk with you in Jesus mighty name Father I pray you would awaken something within our hearts as we learn quiet ourselves and listen to God. For those who prayed that prayer for the first time, suddenly they're spiritually alive and able to hear your voice with greater clarity. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I want to ask you to take your card and just flip that over. We're going to take just a few moments of just quieting our minds and listening to the Lord. And I want you there are lines on the back. I want you to consider at least three names of people that come to mind as you're listening and praying. And I want to ask you to begin to pray for those three people. More if you'd like to write more. But I just want you, it's just kind of a journaling exercise in the presence of the Lord, a prayer expression. We just want to hear the Lord. Who are some people that the Lord wants to bring into uh, your mind? And these would be people that you're going to purpose to love well. These are going to be people that you're going to watch for grace. 
and you're just going to pay attention to what God may be doing in the moment. Not trying to force something. You're just going to pay attention, watch for grace after you've spent time just praying for them. So write their names and just begin to call their names in prayer. I'm going to give you a few moments just as we're quiet before the Lord, quieting our minds and listening to Him. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word that says in John 10, 27, that we as your sheep know you, we hear your voice. In 1 John 2, that we don't need a man to teach us because your anointing will teach us. Even when a person is speaking, we should be learning from God. We will all be taught by God. Isaiah 54, all your children will be taught by God. I pray, Lord, that we would awaken something generationally where we are aware of your presence and we impart that into the lives of those around us and into the lives of those coming after us, understanding our role in this ancestral faith. 
that your word so clearly speaks of in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, I would encourage you to take your card, put a name or some names down on, or maybe you didn't have a name that came to you yet, but take that. And this week, practice this. Just turn on some music, and just with that worship music playing, just listen. It's a beautiful moment, isn't it? Like some people, when I come back up and start speaking, they're like, oh, man, what? I was, in, I was enjoying that. You, this is a really beautiful space in our pursuit of God. Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., we meet here, and this is what we do. We encounter the Lord like this. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we come in this room before everybody gets rocking and rolling in every direction, and we just press in and engage in a brief time of prayer. I would invite you to come and experience that, explore that together. So this week, those names you're praying, just invite them to something deeper. Watch for grace, pay attention, and at that given moment, invite them into a deeper place of conversation, interaction, relationship. Maybe come and encounter God here with us as a destiny family. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I want to commission you. Your action point of the week obviously is these, uh, this name writing exercise. But I want to also just challenge you. Those that have gone before us, that have impacted our lives, would you just take some time this week and voice your appreciation. If they are still alive, then voice to them your appreciation for their encouragement that's helped you have the strength that you have in carrying on the Lord. So come on, let's press in. We just want to um, take a few moments and give back to the Lord out of worship. And, and I would invite you, I, I know sometimes it's easy to feel like, yeah, the, the show's over and we're all done. We're just going to dash. This is an important part of our call as a family where we take that which God is stirring and we just bring it back in an attitude of worship to him. Our prayer team, they're going to make their way to the back now. And as we worship in these final few moments together, if there's anything that we can pray with you about, then please come back and join us there. There's communion right in the back of this center section every week. The giving stations are back there. If you say, I want to get my giving in order, or today just give as an expression of worship. But come on, let's just press into the Lord. And, and let me just... Names that come to mind specifically for you ladies... <laughs> Tracy's going to be out there to help with details of what groups are meeting if you need help finding a group. But maybe somebody that came to mind is somebody you need to invite into that forum. Just pay attention. Just listen for what the Lord may want to do. But come on, let's just awaken something of our worship before the Lord. And we're going to declare this generational blessing in an attitude of worship. Will you join together in that? Let's release something to not only our children, but to our children's children and our children beyond that.